I think at the end of the day, you just got to find the right pieces. And as you get bigger in scale, like you just need more people to do, to, to make all those right decisions. And I would say, end of the day, those people at that company were really special people and they were all put there and they all had individual roles and they were all just, you know, sort of just like, they all got it. They were all bought in. They were all sort of inspired, excited and, and smart and, uh, and, and talented and kind and, you know, all the things that I think make for really great brands ultimately. And I now see that in sort of my new seat where I think that great brands are built by great people. And that is, you know, that's just the truth. You are listening to One More Question, a podcast by the people of Nice Work. One of the things we often catch ourselves saying is, can we ask you one more question? This podcast is all about sharing that, the best conversations we've had with significant brand builders, experts, and communicators. The people that we've encountered as we go about our work of making people care by creating impactful brands. Season three is focused on unpacking the topic of branding. We talk to people who design brands, own brands, build brands, and even those who hire for brands. We explore what brands look like and how they behave across a wide spectrum, from world-renowned brands with massive budgets like Spotify to companies that are making big waves on small budgets. If you're looking for insights on the best ways to invest in and build your brand, this is the season for you. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I'm talking to Brooklyn-based Alex Center. He's the founder of Center Design, a branding company. And prior to this, he spent 11 years as design director at Coca-Cola. His work in strategy and design spread across brands like Vitamin Water, Smart Water, and Powerade. His work has literally been in the hands of millions of people. We talk about what it took to build Vitamin Water, lessons from his time at Coca-Cola, and how he's applying that to the new brands that he works on, like United Sodas, so they can stand out in a crowded world. Enjoy. Well, Alex, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Great to be here. So one of the things you said to me in your, your pre-call was um, that you, you would love to work on 10 really great brands in your career. Um, and I'd love to hear from you what, what you believe, like what do you believe a great brand is? Like what, what embodies a great brand? I think a great brand has impact, um, a great brand and, and, and hopefully positively on the world and people and culture. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to, uh, uh fundamentally, um, make us all better humans, but it should hopefully, uh, bring joy, bring happiness, bring connectivity, bring something to people's lives. Um, that is uh, a part of culture and a part of sort of the way, uh, we live. And I think, um, at, at its best branding and, uh, brands are able to do that. And so, um, I said 10, uh, in our mm. pre-interview, I don't, I don't recall, uh, put, putting a number on it, but, uh, I believe you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I would love to, um, I'd love to be a part of as, as many, uh, brands and branding moments, uh, whether they're for businesses or organizations or for movements, um, that, that, that impact people's lives and not just, you know, for, um, the design community or for designers, um, but for, for culture at large. Cause I think, uh, there's a lot of really exciting things happening, um, in the last 10 years in the world of branding. Uh-huh. 
And so I'm really excited to have a, a studio and a company uh, at this moment that 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 is in the world of branding and that is 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 um our our business is branding i mean i love that thought that you know you talked about how brands are a part of the culture you know how do you how do you think brands should play in this culture space and if they acknowledge that they are part of the culture what do you think the the things that brands need to think about are when they're they're playing in that space and, and actually shaping the, the culture yeah, I think they have to be very cognizant of culture and people and the world and how it's changing and where it's going. And I think in an effort to make the world a better place for all of us in it. And I know that seems like sort of like a very idealistic and utopian, but you know, I think all brands, <clears throat> whether they're selling you a <clears throat> you know forty dollar t shirt or you know selling you a, 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 a sort of a, you know a, a $3 soda, or they're a brand about a social movement, like, you know, sort of uh, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, you know, or, or any sort of brand um, that exists, it hopefully is understanding of its moment in time, respectful and understanding of people and at large and is, 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 is a part of it and is a part of sort of moving us forward and as a part of um, reflecting that culture and also sort of um, has a role in it because I don't think the, you know, the best brands have a role in culture and um, are a reflection of culture at that given time. And uh, yeah, I talk a lot about that in the studio and I talk a lot about sort of like being an expert in humans and an expert in pop culture and an expert in, um, you know, sort of uh anthropology and studying of, 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 of what people are into. Cause to me, that's the thing that I am obsessed with and fascinated by is what are people obsessed with and how do we influence that? And how do we bring our sort of ideas and, 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 and infiltrate that or bring, you know, create that feeling. And I like that, you know, so you talk about being interested in, in humans. Um, and, and I think brands is such a, a powerful way to connect into people because they have this ability to elicit emotion in people. They have this ability to, you know, people use it to express their personality or to say things about themselves or to, to almost buy a piece of a movement or connect to something there. They use brands as that. Um, how do you, how do you think brands can, can work with that and not use it to almost just, sell and to push you know kind of products onto people how do you think it when it works in a more holistic way when people are fulling a need by consuming the brand as opposed to just being sort of hammered with with marketing messages and 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 gone at like that yeah i think you gotta assume that people don't need more products right like i always kind of start from this place of like do we need another one of these or do we you know like there's so many seltzers on the market right now. There's so many, you know, I, a lot of my career has been in beverage and beverage is a really interesting category. There's, you know, it's just the one that I've spent the most time, you know, working in and studying and thinking about, but you know, you go to a cooler in your average bodega, your supermarket, you go to, you know, uh, your, your, you know, wherever you get beverages, right. There's plenty of options. It's not like you're like, you know, there's, there's, there, there's endless amounts of, 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 of choices, right. And so to assume that the world is like 
dehydrated and sort of sitting back and being like, oh my God, I wish someone would invent something that would cure this need that I have. You know what I mean? It's just not the reality of it. And so I would say so many products are things that have already, you know, existed with a small change to them or maybe something in some sort of enhancement or something that makes it special. And so you have to assume that to a certain extent, people don't care. (laughs) They're not going to care. And they shouldn't because they don't need more things. Um, So I think you have to find a way to make people care. And I think that's the desire. And I think that's sort of the reason for necessarily like or standing for something more. And so at Coke, uh, a company that I uh, spent many years working for, right, we would say like, what would... uh, or this was a thought, I believe, from uh, Jonathan Mildenhall, who's a brilliant sort of marketer. You know, he, I think this is his uh, idea, and I, I may be misquoting him here, but like, if Coca-Cola disappeared today, the world would um, be less happy, right? There'd be less joy in the world because it's a brand. They are champion for that, or they sort of represent that, and they sort of celebrate that, and sort of they, the, you know, the goal of the brand is to bring that to people, and so, you know. There's plenty of other drinks <laughs> in the world, so it's like you could replace Coke with another uh, another beverage, another sparkling beverage. But if Coca-Cola, the brand, disappears, then there's no champion for sort of happiness and joy and sort of you know sort of sh- you know sh- sharing of, you know sort of experiences or you know the, the 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 world of what Coke brings, and from a brand perspective. And so I think you always have to, at least I always think about sort of like there's a product side. And then there's the sort of brand side. And it's like, what does that brand mean? And why does that brand sort of, what is that, what is that brand going to bring to people? Uh, because if it's, if, it's, if it's just telling people how great the product is, people don't care. And they don't need that. They don't need more products. But they do need champions for um, diversity, inclusivity, happiness, joy. You know, they need those things. Um, and that is what separates the great brands from the from the product companies. And that's not to say there aren't great product companies that matter in people's lives. Uh, Uber is a great example. I don't think they're a great brand, but they have an unbelievable product that changed the way people tra- you know mm-hmm. travel. And so I think you can <laughs> you can create a you know, a sort of impactful sort of business and uh, with just an unbelievable product and an okay brand, you know, or sort of a, a, a lackluster brand. But if you have an unbelievable product and you have an unbelievable brand, then you're Coca-Cola and then you're Nike or you're Apple. And I think if you can do both of those things unbelievably well, then you can, you know, you can be that for the world. And I love that. I know your sort of journey into Coca-Cola um, came via Glasso, where you were one of the early designers on the vitamin water brand. Um, and I know as a as a brand, it, it really did stand out in that category and it, it did get an exponentially large amount of attention for how big it was. And, you know, like it, it really punched a hell of a lot above its weight and ultimately... Coca-Cola noticed. Can you talk a little bit about like what was the thinking that went into that vitamin water brand? Like what were the, the elements that you you put in there to to sort of make it so desirable and so large and so part of kind of like folklore? 
Amazing question. How much, how much time do you have? Um, uh, because my team, and it's funny right now that I'm a boss and a leader and sort of, uh, uh, I, I talk to younger people and I have uh, a staff of, of, of younger people generally. And so I constantly go back to vitamin water as like the case study and sort of the reference. And certainly it's, it's the brand I've thought about the most in my life. And I think it's an incredible case study. I think it's a credible story of getting everything right right? You know what I mean? Like getting just what I was talking about before, like the product is, you know, it, it created the enhanced water category, right? Before vitamin water or vitamin water, as you described, um, or as you call it, um, you know, there was, you know, there really wasn't that much variety in in the space, right? You're talking about sort of your, you know, your Dasani's or your sort of, uh, bosses and your, your Poland Springs. It's like, you know, it's water. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the idea of adding vitamins to it and sort of, uh, you know, flavors and making water sort of exciting and functionally beneficial to people in their lives. Like that is a, you know, it, it is a breakthrough product. It's something that, again, it created the whole world of enhanced beverages, which now are, everywhere. There's millions of them. And so vitamin water really being the first one sort of from a product perspective. And then, you know, from a brand perspective, it's, it's, it's assuming that people don't really give a shit about vitamins, right? Like people don't really understand, you know, what vitamin B or, you know, sort of like, you know, uh, any, any vitamins that are in vitamin water really do for you. And so starting with that sort of hypothesis of being like, how do we make this sort of attractive, human, funny, beautiful, like charismatic, charming, um, and, and, and really relate it to people. And so I it really starts with the packaging design, right? The packaging is so unique and special and it's sort of medicinal, but also has the humor of the, uh, you know, the, the, the way it talks to you on the label, right? It tells you stories about how to use the product in your life and, you know, waking up hungover and losing your keys. And that's why you need potassium. And that's why you need revive. And, you know, I mean, it's, it really does relate to you in a very human way, not as a like giant corporation giving you a product. It's like, Hey friend, mm. like we're a friend of yours in this moment. Like it's, it, it kind of has a different relationship with you. And it, I think in many ways it created sort of a, a relationship or brand sort of like copy romance copy. You know what I mean? I think there wasn't many brands in the world that talk to you like that. Like, I know like Innocent Smoothies is a brand that was sort of uh, uh, big in the UK that sort of around that same time sort of had like a similar sort of voice. Like it, there's a brand voice now that exists on packaging and you read the back of a carton or, you know, and it's it's got this like humor and personality and wit, and, and but that just didn't mm-hmm. exist like prior to vitamin water. And so I think humor, personality, copywriting, those things so important. And then you know, all the details of like experiential moments, like showing up to concerts, showing up to the right sort of places and creating the right partnerships with people like 50 Cent or, you know, sort of athletes. And it just, it's sort of like, I always say like building a brand is thousands of decisions that you have to make that are all right <laughs> to a certain extent. It's not like one thing. It's, it's, it's so many individual moments where you have to make decisions and, you know, and, and, and all those decisions add up and vitamin water is a perfect example. It's like, if you get everything right, where you, you treat every single moment as an opportunity to introduce yourself to people do it in a way that's charming, that's beautiful, that's, you know, that's funny and that's human and you have a great product and you have great people, like 
the company, the people, the, the employees, the, like if you get culture and people and product and brand and design and partnerships, you get all of that right. You build a $4.1 billion mm. brand that is incredibly valuable um, and was ultimately acquired by Coke. And so I use that example <laughs> literally every day because that's what, you know, that it's, it's a feeling that we're trying to create, right? Which is when I would, you know, in my early 20s, show up to a party and be like, I'm Alex Center. I'm a young designer and I, um, I, I work for vitamin water. And like, to me, that was like, you know, it was the coolest thing in the world. And, you know, I think people like there was a certain connection that people had with the brand, a certain energy, a certain mojo juice, whatever you want to describe it as like, that's something that's, you know, that's, that's, that's something I want, that I want to be a part of. And you saw it at, you know, when someone brought it to, you know, a meeting or you saw it, someone had it with them at lunch or something or carried around with them, you know, in their bag. And it's like, that's cool. What is that? I want to be a part of that. I'm interested in that. I'm intrigued in that. I'm, I desire that. And so that's a hard feeling to get. Um, <laughs> um, but that's, that, that's, that's the goal, right? Now, how do you hold, you know, you say you know, there's thousands of decisions that were made, you know, and I think that's, that's awesome. But what was the, what is the way you held all of those thousands of decisions together in one place? So it wasn't like a thousand decisions all running off in different directions, um, confusing people. I mean, it's, it's hard, right. When you talk about sort of building, uh, mass intimacy is like the term that Coke would use, right. Where it's like, you're trying to create that sort of intimate feeling and you're trying to do it at a large scale. And that's really, really tough. And I think even vitamin water, you know, at times struggled with that in terms of like going from sort of Queens based New York beverage that was popular in LA and New York and like, you know, sort of had that connection and then to scale it and to grow it. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging thing to do, but I would say it really comes down to the people. Like it, it really does come down to, um, you know, the, the hundred somewhat people that worked in the corporate offices and the 25 people that worked in marketing and the leadership, right. The Rohan Ozas, the Micropolis, various bike offs, like the people at the very top that sort of, you know, set the standard for what we were doing and sort of the vision and the inspiration. And, you know, I was just, again, I was so lucky to be a part of that at such a young age. And I now look at that and I, I have, uh, you know, 10, 15 years, <laughs> um, to, to, to sort of, you know, kind of remind me or to sort of give me that sort of like nostalgia to be like, man, I was really fortunate to be a part of something really special. And it really was about people. And I think at the end of the day, right. Like you just got to find the right, the right pieces. And they're, you know, because you went, as you get bigger in scale, like you just need more people to do, to, to make all those right decisions. And I would say at the end of the day, those people at that company were really special people and they were all put there and, um, they all had individual roles and they were all just, you know, sort of just like, they all got it. They were all bought in. They were all sort of inspired, excited and, um, and smart and, uh, and, and talented and, um, and, and kind and, you know, all the things that, um, I think make for really great brands, uh, ultimately. And I now see that in sort of my new seat where I think that great brands are built by great people. And that is, um, you know, that's just the truth. And so, uh, when, when I'm talking about staffing on my side, or I'm talking about sort of like partnering with great brands on the other side, like, you know, it is, 
you know, we, it, it, it's about the people that do it. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've seen time, time again, it's like, we want to be in the right relationships with the right people and it, the product and all that other stuff is important. Um, but great people build great brands and great companies. And I think that's where it starts. Um, can I ask, I'd love to understand, you said something really that really interests me, that it was all about the kind of the vision that the leaders of the business had. Like, what was the the vision of, of vitamin water? Like, what was what was that, that thought that they started with? And did they see it being as big and as influential as it ultimately ended up being? Yeah, let's, we're going to uh, change the way people drink. Like at the, at the end of the day, it was like, you know, this is a brand and this is like, it really isn't, it's not like a hero product. It's like, a, it's, it's a, it's a sort of functional beverage for life. And the idea that like people are going through all these different things and there's all this, you know, whether you're tired or whether you're sort of hungover or whether you're, you know, sort of, you need more focus or, you know, all these different moments that we, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lifestyle beverage, right? It's a brand that sort of represents different moments in your life. And it's a product that sort of fits into those different moments in your life. And so it's, a, you know, it's, it, it, you know, I remember I, for the first time I ever heard the term lifestyle brand and being like, that's interesting. Like, you know, we, you know, we would get just, we'd get described that a bunch. And I think that's something that's an interesting thought. And I think that's absolutely something that came from the top, which is like in, uh, you know, in, in the early, in the nineties, there was, uh, or sort of in the seventies, you know, people needed hydration and they, you know, they were smoking cigarettes on the sidelines and, you know, enter Gatorade. And like in the nineties, people were like working, uh, you know, sort of, uh, burning the candle at both ends. So enter Red Bull. And so, you know, vitamin water was there in sort of the early two thousands to really sort of like be a multifaceted Swiss army knife for life. Um, and I think, you know, we talk a lot about wellness in 2020, because I do think that's like, that is today's world, right? Where people are too stressed, they're too, you know, they're, they're overworked, they're isolated because of social media, and now also because of COVID. And it's like, you know, brands are a reflection of culture, as I said before. So wellness brands and CBD brands, and, you know, these are the sort of brands in this moment that are sort of, um, they're a reflection of that, but also sort of they serve the people's needs as far as like what people are going through. And uh, times are anxious and times are <laughs> times are scary. And, uh, you know, I think, again, like you think about beverages, you think about sort of, you know, your sweet greens or, you, you know what I mean, products. And, you know, uh, it really is all sort of ties back to sort of this moment that we are living in from a culture perspective. I think that's that's such a great segue into the brand that you're working on now, one of the brands you're working on now, which is United Sodas. Um, I'd love to I'd love to understand how do you go about taking the experience you've had at somewhere like Glasso and then Coca-Cola and how do you infuse that into a a new brand that doesn't necessarily have access to millions of dollars and is sort of starting out in a category that's now much yeah. fuller much more, you know, much more packed with great sort of competition. I'd like, can you talk a bit about that journey? Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it comes down to sort of ambition again, to the beginning, like we wanted to build a great American soda company, like t talk about sort of setting the bar high, you know what I mean? Like you're talking about sort of a beloved product 
something that is is iconic in America or sort of fundamental to the core or as fundamental as you know apple pie and baseball and soda and like you know what I mean and, and so trying to go into that category is is sort of ambitious um, the name of the brand is United Sodas of America that is a ambitious sort of uh, you know sort of <laughs> starting place uh, to, to, to be uh, you know to, to build upon and then ultimately uh, we spent so much of our early time uh, in terms of strategy brand strategy thinking about sort of America the moment we were in, which was we were building that brand in like 2018. Um, and so we're talking about sort of like, you know, prime division in our country, really, truly. And, you know, this, this idea that like America's uh, never been more divided and yet there is this universal sort of appeal to America that like, there is something special that we can agree on, which is, um, you know, that we are great and what makes us great is sort of like some of the, some of the variety and the differences between us and sort of the idea that like, you know, America could be represented by sort of it's, it's rainbow of people and not sort of represented by it's sort of red and blue. And, um, you know, seeing that we sort of felt like we were, you know, two sides of the gym class being like, you go here, we go here and there's nothing in the middle. It's like, okay, what if we were a brand that sort of celebrated the idea that like, we're all different. We're all like, we're all, you know, not the same. And that sort of, uh, idea that like, you know, Coca-Cola as a sort of classic Americana brand and Pepsi as this, you know, sort of also a classic brand, but also trying to represent a modern take on sort of the world. Like these brands are just so large that they're never absolutely going to be able to sort of represent the sort of new consumer and sort of like a new um, sort of uh, a, a younger generation. As much as they try and as much as they, you know, may get Cardi B to be in the commercials, like they, you know, you know, or Kendall Jenner sort of giving out a Pepsi at a sort of uh, at, at, at a protest rally, like they just don't really necessarily represent people and culture. And so the idea was to, you know, take America, which is divided. <laughs> try to take soda which is polarized because people you know in many ways you know like i said it's a great american pastime we everyone loves soda it's delicious nothing's better on a hot summer day but also it's sort of enemy number one you know in terms of like soda sugar like you know you know we got you know no place for it in today's world and then ultimately trying to create a brand that sort of was 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 for this new young person that maybe we wanted to rekindle <laughs> the relationship between people and soda. And I think that was sort of our sort of like our, our sort of North Star. And so what if soda, the question that we sort of like came to ourselves, it was like, what the brief was like, what if soda was invented in 2020? Like, what if we just had created the first soda? And so what would we want it to be? And you know, how could we take some of the learnings from classic cola in terms of flavor, in terms of like big brand appeal? How could we take some of the like uh, modern brands like a LaCroix or sort of, you know, sort of some of the spin drifts, like some of the health benefits or some of the, you know, sort of low calorie sort of, uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, positioning and then ultimately build a bet, like build a better product and build a brand that really was representative of the world and sort of how people consume products and ultimately that came to this beautiful you know sort of minimalist uh you know sort of uh brand identity and uh a package design that was designed to be uh sort of more for your home and for your life than it was designed to sort of stand out on a traditional retail shelf where you know i think there's this 
because there are so many products and so many beverages, as, as I described before, right? There's this need that everyone needs to scream and try to compete. And, you know, it's sort of like, it's, it's, it's quite overwhelming. So the idea that like, we're going to design a product that is for your home and it's as much of an art piece. Um, that is something that like all of those things were sort of swirling through our heads. It's like, how do we create something that sort of embodies all of this? And, um, I'm, I, and it's, and it's an ambitious sort of idea and it's an ambitious design. And, um, I think it takes courage to be presented, uh, you know, four different potential brand identities in an, in, in, in a first client presentation and to take the one that's the most crazy, the most sort of out there, the most different and to be like, okay, this is, this is, this is the one we got to go because having gone through three years of client presentations, I find that more clients go for the safe, they go for mm -hmm. the safety, you know, and they, and, and, and that's just, you know, by nature of who we are, I think it's like risk taking is challenging and, you know, there's so much money being invested in both the branding and product business. And, you know, I, I think people are often scared to, take a, take a giant swing and, and miss, but United Sodas of America is a great example. It's like, it makes, it made me uncomfortable for how simple and minimal and different it felt and was. And ultimately that's what makes it beloved. And I think that's what's giving it the sort of traction that it's had in the early days. And it sort of like has that feeling that people, they, they got to get their hands on it. They want to pick it up. They want to order it. They want to experience it. Like those, you know, that's the reward. And it's like, if you go for, if you go for big, you go for what Brian Collins would say, maximum fucking love. It's like, that's how you break through it because there's so many things that in the world right now trying to fight for your attention. And so if you play it safe and you go the easy route or you don't try to um, you know, do something ambitious and bombastic and um, uh, uncomfortable, then sometimes uh, you know it, it, it falls on deaf ears. I think that's such a clear point you know, and, and i think there's two people that play in this i think designers need to be comfortable and strong enough to present those kind of ideas and to sort of fight for them because i think that's part of the challenge and i think clients need to realize that if they do want to to differentiate themselves meaningfully and stand out and actually get people to care, they need to be bold enough to actually make a choice that probably feels a bit scary. Because if it doesn't feel scary, it's going to blend in. What, what advice would you have for, for designers on how to put those ideas to people? And what advice would you have for clients on how to receive those ideas and be open to them? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about sort of like... Um, educating your clients into sort of uh, branding and sort of you described it how I often describe it, which is meaningful differentiation. And so if you don't sort of, you know, we work with clients and again, like I spent so many years of my career, 11 to be exact, working in-house. So I come from this sort of in-house mentality, in-house sort of perspective, working on the business side and sort of really understanding what it's like when a design studio or a team, creative team, advertising company, whatever, presents an idea to a client. Everyone says like, it's so great. What a great job. And then they walk out of the room and then everyone says, okay, what are we really going to do? And, you know, having that perspective and being on that side of the table for so many years like it really does give me such a sort of like clear sort of vantage point to sort of now that I'm on the other side being like, 
all right, well, we're in this together, first of all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's try to like knock down the walls and be like, okay, let's first talk about like what your goals are and like what your needs are and like what your ambitions are and like what your desires are. And then ultimately, like, we have to sell you on the idea that by taking a sort of big, healthy swing at something that's different, it's it's the only way that people are going to pay attention. And I think there's always something inside of you as a designer, as a creator, as someone that builds brands that knows whether you think it's going to, it's going to work or not. Like you just, it's just an inherent thing inside of you when you like every person, every client I've ever given, like I always, like I'm always in that position where it's like, I have a really tough time selling work that mm. I don't believe in. I really struggle with it because I, I, I'm a terrible poker player. You know what I mean? Like I just, ha- I, I am not a good liar, right? Like I just genuinely, I, I have to believe in what I'm selling. And I think what you have to be comfortable with selling people on the idea is that people, people are not going to care about your product and your ice cream as much mm-hmm. as you think they are. And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to, to, to come to terms with because like I just spent like a year developing this amazing ice cream or I just, I created this product in a lab and I'm, or it's in my notebook and I invented it and I am a genius and I created everything that like, you know, people are going to be, people are going to come flocking for my, for my, for my thing. And I think you have to start from the place of like, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> like, I think you have to give them reason to come flocking. And again, the product is one side of it. And it's like, but we have to find a reason to make people fall in love. We have to find a reason to make them care. And like, ultimately, if you can get that to people, like then you, then, then you unlock the magic sort of, you know, sort of juice and the billion dollar valuation. But like to do that, you have to assume that people are, are not, are not necessarily going to, to, do that because I think that's the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs or people make where they they just assume that because they're so invested mm-hmm. in it personally that they are that they that they and they they love what they've made so much that they don't realize that like there's there's you're still fighting for the attention of people that are incredibly sort of distracted and so if you're not polarizing or making people uncomfortable or standing out from sort of the crowd it's like you're almost dead on arrival. In, in many ways. And I think that's what businesses have learned over the last 10 years. And that's why branding and sort of what we do for new businesses and startups is, 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 is sort of in its sort of glory golden years at this moment, because businesses have figured out that like, you can't, you can't come to market with your sort of home sharing sort of uh, rental service with your logo that you know came from your brother's cousins um who's a freelance designer and you paid him you know kind of uh, 50, you know 50 bucks and you know and launch your brand and be like hey look we're gonna get people to care we're gonna get people to you know start using this platform and then we're gonna rebrand and then we'll be a big brand and when we have the money it's like you know that is what you used to be able to do and i think in today's world because there is the the, the bar has been lowered to entrepreneurship and you know making products and putting them out to the world and you know like it, it, it's just you have to you got to come out differentiation like at, not like at at, the, at its core and you have to come out with sort of something that is you know that that is that breaks through and it's like and if not like you might, you're not even going to get people to to try something and that is the that is the challenge that we're that we're in the business of 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 trying to do which is get people to pay attention and to care 
and it's hard. I totally agree. I, I can't. I can't agree with you more. I think uh, you know our whole whole thing is about you know make them care. I think that's the number one, the number one challenge is to make them care. And one of the messages we always share with our clients is is like you know this is branding. No one's going to die here. Like it's not you know it's not as big as important as as kind of high stakes as you perceive it to be. And as soon as you take that pressure out of the system, it makes it easier for everyone to actually do really good, really interesting, really special work. Yeah. I would always say it's just water. You can't drown in it, <laughs> which, um, you know, going back to, to my, to my vitamin water days, you know what I mean? Because, it, but you're right. It's, it's true. It's like the stakes at a company like Coke are so high. And I think ultimately that is, you know, to your point, like a lot of what I do now is like the stakes are a little bit lower in terms of like, um, if we make a giant mistake or we take a swing and we miss, it's not going to like bring down a billion dollar industry with, you know, 300,000 employees. You know, we're talking about a lot of the work that we're doing is with businesses that are, you know, about the same size as our studio, which is eight people. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a small group and we're building brands and we're doing some of it from scratch or some brands that have been around for a couple of years, but we're not, we're not, we're not putting a commercial in the Super Bowl, and we're not, we're not, you know, sort of, uh, you know, we're not doing Olympics. Um, so I, I personally really enjoy that because to me, there is that sort of fun and sort of like, it's not low stakes by any means because people are putting all of their savings and they're, you know, raising money and they're paying us a lot of money. And I take that very seriously to like, this is someone's baby and we got to take care of it. We got to build it right. We got to give it strong bones and we got to put it out there. But it's like, you know, I think the, 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 the idea that like, we got to, we got to take a risk inherently we got to try to do something different. We got to try to be something new. We got to try to be something that you haven't seen before is something that, you know, is exciting because, you know, in sort of my later years of Coke, it's really hard to do that when you get to that level, when you get to that sort of, you know, billion served, like, you know, like any, any packaging change could result in, you know, sort of fucking huge disaster. And, you know, there's that risk and everyone knows it when you're working in, in a giant company like that, like, you know, they're, 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 they're looking out for their, for their, for their jobs and for their, you know what I mean? So like, and, and there's no fault in that. Like, there's no, you know, I never, I never thought that was like, it, it, you know, like these are people with high paying positions and big companies and like, yeah, of course they're not just going to like go with their gut and just be like, oh, this is, this is, this is cool. Everyone's going to love this. You know what I mean? And you know, like you can, when you sort of are working in sort of like a more sort of a small business startup entrepreneur space, right. You can kind of go from your, from your gut and you don't have to do as much testing and sort of get as much sort of validation as maybe you do in a big company. So I think I completely lost track of what your question was here, but like, I do think you, when we're playing in the world that we're playing in, which is, which is new business and startups and introducing ideas to people for the first time in a lot of cases, like you gotta, you, you gotta go for it. And I think United Souls of America is a great case study for our studio where it's like, we developed it. We, you know, we built the brand platform that was really strong, it inspired really great design. It, you know, we cared about every detail to the texture of the can, to the web experience, to, you know, the copywriting for every single flavor and everything. Like, 
and it's and it, and it's like I said, it's bombastic and it's bold and it and, it, and it's working. And so, as a studio, you know, it's nice to have one of those in your back pocket. And a lot of companies are now coming to us because they've seen our work for United Sodas. And so now you say, hey, you know, United Sodas, they made it super uncomfortable. Like we were super scared. Like you know, we we presented them much safer options. And like you know, but ultimately, what's making it great is the fact that it's it is is different. And ultimately, that is our job. And so I think having a little bit of that in your back pocket and um, tying everything back to vitamin water. It's like, we would always, I remember distinctly being in our Queens office being like, we're in Queens, we're in Whitestone, Queens, every other company is in New York city. We're different because of that. We're, we're next to a highway in, you know, in, in Whitestone. And like that mentality is how we're going to do our ads. Like if we're going to do a print ad in a GQ magazine, it's like, we want to be the, we want to be totally different than every other beverage or anyone who's ever done a beverage ad. And that's a really high bar to put on yourself, but that's how every project was, was like, this is our opportunity to introduce ourselves and tell people about our brand. And like, we got to like, we got to wow them with like, you know, sort of all the multifaceted parts of it, but also like, it really is important that we want to be different. We're not going to do anything like how a watch company or how a bottled water company would ever do it. Like we want to be very, very different. And so I think you have to take that approach. I love that. Uh, You know, I think it's, it's also quite liberating, you know, for newer companies or smaller companies that they can take these risks because I think it's one of the only ways you can compete against the giants. It's the only way you can stand out against them is you can you can take that opportunity, you can step into a space that they just couldn't take the risk for and ultimately it could pay off for you. So I think it is a very sort of powerful message to people. Um, yeah, just thank you so much for your energy and for sharing all of this with us. And, and I hope to one day tell people when we see uh, United Sodas of America selling to Coca-Cola for four billion dollars, um, I'll be like, "Hey, I, I knew that guy a couple of years ago when it when it was small." <laughs> hey, um, you know, crazier things have happened, <laughs> um, but you know. Uh, I just think, you know, uh, for me, going back to sort of our initial conversation, it's like, I want to, you know, being a part of vitamin water and smart water sort of success and brand and sort of impact on the world and, you know, sort of uh, in the beverage community and sort of uh, like, you know, again, so many things like creating like uh, celebrity partnerships and equity, you know, like 360 deals, right? Like, you know, I, I, I often think about like how every now, you know, sort of celebrity has their own product portfolio. But, you know, 50 Cent was the first guy who was like, I'm going to take some equity in this company and I'm going to present it like it's my own and I'm going to celebrate it like it's my own. I'm going to partner with them. I'm going to collab on the drinks. Like, I think just like even those ideas were so sort of unique and special at the time. And it's like, I'm just so thankful to have been a part of it. And ultimately, having been a part of, you know, getting to see sort of how the, you know, sausage gets made at a giant company like Coca-Cola and beyond these, you know, work with some, you know, amazing, amazing humans um, that were on the inside of, 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 yeah, caring and thinking about sort of like concepts like mass intimacy and sort of just like big global brand thinking. And now I'm just, I'm so inspired and excited about, you know, sort of going you know, sort of pulling the plug, jumping out the airplane and being like, okay, like, what do I do next? And, um, for our studio to be like, I just, I'm, I'm obsessed with brands. Um, I love being a part of branding. I love being a part of the journey. And so for us to be, you know, like I said, I want to be a part of as many of these, uh, brands that have impact and are, 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 are really sort of, 
um, have that brand love as possible. And so United Toast of America, Can You Forex is another brand we work with that I think has that. And like, you know, continuing to sort of keep taking shots on net and continuing to like keep going for it and, and thinking that like every project or every day is an opportunity to, to either build another one or to like be a part of a, 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 another sort of journey. And so I think I'm, uh, I love, I love what I do. And I think that's like the best part about being a designer is like, you get to, you know, sort of, um, be sort of potentially an expert in, uh, beverage, but then next day it's baseball and the next day it's, you know, sort of beauty. The next day it's, uh, sort of sexual education. The next day it's sort of charity and, you know, kind of like taking, but you know, the same rules and the same sort of principles, um, you know, that, that come to building great brands and sort of thinking and applying them to every single space. So I, I am, I just, I love the, I love the journey and I love the day to day of it. And so, uh, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm busy and got my hand in a million different sort of pots and a million different things going on. And that's exactly what we're doing right now at center. And I have best team in the world behind me, which, um, uh, took me, uh, a little bit of time to, 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 to curate the right mixture of humans. And, uh, I have just like, uh, like I got the best team, I got the best teammates and now it's just like, let's go have fun. I think that's such a great note to, to end on to Alexa. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for the work that you're putting out into the world. And I look forward to seeing the fruits of the fun that you and your team. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, grab a drink one day, uh, you know, in, 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 in the new world. world. I love it. Peace out. Cheers in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening. We believe that sharing knowledge is an obligation. So if you know someone who's building a brand or needs some inspiration for their brand, please share this podcast with them. This is our third season, and we'd be grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button so you're the first one to know when a new episode comes out. Or even better, leave us a review and tell the world how much you enjoy listening. This really helps. One more question is brought to you by the people at NiceWork. NiceWork is a purpose-driven company helping people who want to make a dent in the world by building brands that people give a shit about. We're based in Johannesburg, South Africa and serve companies around the world. If you'd like to know more, partner with us or make a suggestion, reach out at www.nicework.co.za. And if you're one of those really old school people, send us a letter and we'll make you a mixtape.